Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. So, Julie, I received a series, and I know you get these messages as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Folks asking, agents asking about why the heck would they want to take listings when the listings aren't selling? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it seems logical, right? right? I know. It's like, oh, yeah, that is a valid. I could see why you'd ask that question. So what we're going to do today, tomorrow, and the following day is we're doing a series on how to get your listing sold, things you can do to make it so your listings sell faster than pretty much whatever the market averages are. And you will soon discover that your inventory of homes for sale, despite what the interest rates and the economy and all the rest of it might uh, be reported as being, your inventory will sell as if it were a hot seller's market again. And that is how you attract more sellers to you. Ultimately, that is the key. If you want to know how to get more listings, or if you want to know how to get listings in the first place, take listings. Um, before we start out with the you know the philosophies and the specific techniques and how to get your listing sold faster. And these aren't going to be the silly things that many of you are going to expect. We're not going to talk about conditioning of the home. We're sure as hell not going to spend a lot of time talking about marketing. We're going to mention those things, but at the end of the day, there's more specific salient things that you can be doing to get a faster, a frankly, more immediate result for you, your, the seller and yourself. And in this transition that we're headed, that we're in between the past market and this new market, sellers do absolutely 100%. Well, frankly, along with the real estate agents have unrealistic expectations uh, as far as what's going to happen in the marketplace. And I just, I think it's important that Julie and I always completely and totally no BS and straight and direct with you guys. We do not think that this is uh, anywhere in the, you know, we're, we're two, three years out from the end of this economic situation, whatever you want to call it. Someone else will think of a zingy name for it. I haven't thought of one yet. Yes, but just to clarify by that, you do not mean a housing crash. We're talking about an adjustment, a shift. You're really referring more to inflation and a shifting market than anything that is remotely like, you know, the big real estate crash. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the shift to a more moderate market. Right. Well, exactly. Where there's going to be a more balanced supply of buyers and sellers. And it's in, it's in, most likely what we're going to see at the end of this adjustment is we're going to see another seller's market just because of demographics and the rest of Demand, it. Yeah. But really what the, the psychology that's going on right now in the economy and the marketplace, that's really what we're battling against. Absolutely. And, and people don't quite understand that. You had actually brought up an idea of a podcast and you brought it to me. The, the concept of how can we do a show about the collective unconscious, about how the collective unconscious all seems to be thinking in one direction, and that's causing, you know, essentially a bunch of dominoes to fall in the economy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, is, the collective unconscious, and the reason we decided not to do that podcast, though it was a great concept, was because the collective unconscious didn't cause inflation. Right. No, that's true. Uh, but it will be an article in Housing Wire, as it turns out. I'm going to do a little mini article for her on that because we had a little email back and forth. And she thought, you know, we do have to honor everyone's mindset. And, and we're not insensitive to the fact that though it's a shifting market, and you know, you and I are very comfortable with that because we've, you know, coached and sold well, through many uh, different things. We but, cut our teeth in a market like this. Exactly. But to many of our listeners, it feels much more dramatic because they're so used to have, have, have taking a listing getting it sold, you know, you put it, remember the drill was put it on the market on Thursday, show it on Friday and Saturday, collect offers on Sunday, decide on Monday, you're done, right? So those days for the most part are over and and we realize and we are sensitive to the fact 
that a shift even towards 30 or 60 days can feel more radical to you. But here's the thing. The skills are there for you to learn. The actions are there for you to take. You're just going to have to move past your current psychology of malaise and complacency and a lot of fear. And that's what we're hoping you do really, really fast. Because if you don't, you'll be shocked how fast time will pass you. And we've said this before, and it's so true. We knew people who are licking their wounds from the housing crash for more than 10 years after it happened. Maybe some of you are still doing that. And the same pattern is going to take place here. So the best thing you can do is forget the old market, accept what the new market has to offer, learn what this new market requires that you, you know, absolutely positively must know how to do, and then just implement. And it's not that difficult. All you're doing is you're going to have conversations that are just going to be different conversations. The conversations you're going to have to have now are definitely more skilled. Before, it was a function of, you know, frankly, the houses were going to sell themselves. The buyers were going to buy with or without you. The market had so much FOMO that was woven in that really it didn't require a lot of skills. And that's something that has created a lot of, I don't know what you want to call it, but a lot of, uh, I think, what now is going to feel like a deflation. And a deflation, not so much financially, though, for those who don't learn the new skills, that's what's going to be, for, certainly, but also a deflation of a lot of egos. There's a lot of people, mm-hmm. and not just in real estate, but in the industry, every industry, who have built these really amazing, great businesses that can only exist when interest rates are super low, can only exist when there's an excess amount of liquidity, when investors are investing money. There are so many businesses that are going through massive contractions. Every single big business that you could think of is either stopped hiring or they're going to start firing. And that is going to be something that will trickle down to the rest of the economy faster than you can possibly imagine. So why are we telling you all this? Because we do not want you to think the Rapollianas about the challenges that you're experiencing. And I read the chats. I get the messages from Instagram. I you know, read the text when you guys text me. We know what you're experience, experiencing. But here's the thing. I, I don't mean to be um, cavalier about this, but you're going to be fine as long as you knew this, learn the new skills the market has Uh, that that requires that you know. And that really is the bottom line. There's more opportunity in a market like this. Just think about it like like this, guys. You know, it's a Warren Buffett quote, right? When the, you know, market is greedy, be fearful. When the market is fearful, be greedy. Well, right now we're in a fearful market, so you need to be greedy. Define what that means. It means that you need to be greedy with the number of people that you can help. In order for you to be of service to those people, in order for you to make money, you're going to have to have the service that they need. And this particular case is getting the listings sold. And you're going to see that even be more so as we progress over the next six months to 12 months. So please do not be fearful. Please do not wait around for the skies to clear and the market to go back to the way it was. Uh, please do not make the mistake of thinking that what you were doing in the past market will work in this new one. Some of the things will, but most of them won't. Um, and that's it. Get your mind open to the opportunity that if you were successful in the past market, with most of you were, you can be even more successful in this new market. Just don't, you know, you got to keep yourself moving forward. Force yourself out of complacency. If you're, you know, essentially surrounding yourself with people and, you know, social media and news and brokerage situations and your friends and your family who are all sort of depressed and all sort of lamenting their current situation. You have to show and sincerely, obviously, feel empathy and sympathy, but you don't have to join them. You can move forward and you can lead the way and show them that you were able to be successful despite the, you know, essentially the, the hand that everybody's been dealt right now. And that's fine. You can do it. So it starts with your mindset. Julie and I don't spend a lot of time on mindset. And the reason we don't is because a lot of agents get lost in it. A lot of of people get lost in the whole woo-woo conversation about mindset. Because really, ultimately, if you want to have a powerful mindset, it's really this simple. 
Go take a list and get it sold. Make the money. Do another one. That's going to make you feel very good. Rather rinse, repeat. You're going to feel better. I promise you. If you want to feel better really quick in real estate, all it takes is you going out and selling a house instantly. That's going to make you feel better. Your mindset's not your problem, listeners. Your skill set is the problem. And then your willingness to push forward and apply those skills. So on that note, back to talking about not just taking listings. That's your number one job. But of course, getting them sold. And now that there are more listings buyers have more choices. You've been sensing the shift towards the buyer power a bit, but with more choices, buyers agents look for reasons not to show a property. You know, it used to be easy. There's two available. Let's go see both of them and see how it goes. But when there's 10 and the buyer can only see four, they're looking for reasons to shove you to the non-showing list. Buyers look for reasons not to buy it or to simply keep looking. Gone are the days when a qualified and motivated buyer had only one or two homes to choose from every weekend, scrambling to be the first to see it and hoping to be the one who wins the ensuing bidding war, only to have to purchase it for 10% over the list price, as is, and waive the appraisal contingency. So now that fewer buyers are looking, each showing is far more valuable to you as a listing agent. Nobody wants to have slow or no showings and then have to talk to the seller who trusted you and figure out a way to say to them why the house is languishing on the market. That's no fun. So part of our our job here on this podcast series, and this is going to be a three-part series, is to save you from having to deal with all of that. Now, as we've been talking, active listing inventory has been continuing to rise. And as of this podcast, it's averaging about 33.5% higher year over year. That's the number of active listings. Many markets have far higher increases, mostly the markets that were severely starved for inventory, like Phoenix, Raleigh, and Nashville, and those gains were 173% higher inventory, 167%, and 145% in the order I rattled them off. Don't be too impressed with those numbers, guys, because you're going, you're talking about- Going from nothing up to something. Well, (laughs) yes, exactly. So you got to put these numbers in perspective, right? If something goes from one to two, then obviously talking about a significant increase, but sometimes when you look at these percents, that's in essence what you're talking about. Small number, actual numbers versus how impressive or, you know, not, yeah, that's the thing to keep in mind when you're listening to statistics. Yes. Uh, But however, it, it does have an impact. So along with more inventory comes longer days on the market. Now we reported yesterday that that means not zero days on the market. Now it's ranging between 13 and 23 days on the market nationwide. Fewer showings, though, and more no more competing offers in most cases, and certainly more power to qualified buyers because there are fewer qualified buyers right now. Now, that leads us to what causes a listing not to sell, or you might say not to sell right away. Why does a listing actually expire? Some of you, it's expiring because you only have a 30-day agreement. There's a, a thing to fix. Why does it get deprioritized by buyers or buyer's agents? And why would a seller fire you when it's only been on the market a few weeks? How can a listing actually get zero showings? We've had some reports of that from texts and emails and questions. So in a hot seller's market where a home would sell simply because it was available, you didn't really have to know all of this. It's not your fault, but it will be your fault if you don't upgrade your skills. You've got to shift your skills along with the market shift. And so Julie and I are working on another podcast. We're about to get to the official point number one. Um, You and I wrote these notes down yesterday, and we were talking about um, essentially why now is the best time to buy. We sort of were motivated by Dave Ramsey. And there were some things that we wrote down that I haven't heard anyone talking about before. Do you remember any of those notes from yesterday? Well, I mean, the the most obvious one to me, and we are going to develop this for our coaching clients as well to add to their... um, you know, their toolbox, right? So the most obvious one to me is the fact that when you are renting, 
you, I mean, people are afraid of a higher interest rate or an adjustable rate. Well, when you're renting, you're only locked in for one year and you're pretty much guaranteed that next year, should you renew even the same place you're in, you're going to be paying more. Well, you came to me yesterday again. You told me that one of our rental properties, you think you can raise the rent by how much? From 1850 to probably 23 or 2400. Yeah, I mean, that's that, a pretty big increase, and I still wouldn't be the top of the market on that. And that tenant was in there for two years prior. Correct. All right. So the moral of the story, and we wrote down. I think we came up with eight or ten really yep. solid reasons. Mm-hmm. We should probably do this for our listeners and make it into a video so they can share it with their prospective We're buyers. Do all that. You, you know what I'm saying, though. We yep. should make this so it's consumer facing, not just yes. you know agent facing. Mm-hmm. B2C versus B2B. Yep. Yeah, and we'll do that. So we're gonna we'll do a video like that. We're gonna create these points for you guys. You're gonna love them. Um, but here's really the moral of the story. You can be guaranteed that your rent's going to go up over the next 12 months. You can be guaranteed that the cost of a home's going to be going up over the next 12 months. Um, so if you, you can be guaranteed that if you rent for the next 12 months, you are in essence paying hundred percent interest in essence, because that was all going to rent. You have a lot of risk too, right? right? I mean, I can tell you, we talk about all the time when one of ours goes vacant and we look up what it's worth. We're like, huh, maybe we should sell that. You have risk. Because whoever you're paying rent to could just decide to sell the house. They could decide to raise your rent. They could decide they don't want to renew your lease. So it's interesting to compare how people are freaking out about higher interest rates and the, quote, risk of adjustables or anything like that uh, versus comparing that to rent. And I'm not even talking about first-time buyers necessarily. There's a lot of people in the middle that are paying high rents. For sure. But this goes back to the psychology of it all, right? Yes. And this is what we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. So if agents and really buyers, consumers, are used to interest rates being less than 4%, and now it's all of a sudden going to be you know, 8%, it could even be as much as high as 10% next year. Who knows? Psychologically, that's a that's a huge thing to move past big jump and so when we do this podcast and evidently julie's just committed (laughs) we're gonna do a video around this we'll share it with all of you you share it with all your prospective buyers and i think you're gonna see why because of inflation this is the random bugaboo that we've never there's this uh, inflation thing that we're experiencing now it's not been anything like this in the past 75 years so there's a really good reason why this feels so strange to all of us, because it is strange to all of us. You have the situation where the economy evidently is going to get worse, where interest rates are going to rise, but still um, things are still going to increase in price. It doesn't really make sense, does it? Normally when there's uh, perceived to be fewer buyers, there's going to be a drop in uh, prices of things, but it's not happening because inflation, and this completely changes essentially all, all the, the calculus around um, really owning a home, but really whether or not, frankly, you know, what was it? Eggs, a dozen eggs is 30% more year over year. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. Car mm-hmm. Pepsi said they're raising all the prices by 25%. Mm-hmm. What happens is these prices universally are all being reset on everything. So every single thing that you could think of, every single thing is going to be more expensive. The reason they haven't more been more expensive up until what we're experiencing now and going to be experiencing for the next 12 to 24 months is because the makers of things have been holding off on raising their prices because they were probably believing that the inflation thing was temporary. Now they realize that it's not and their costs have continued to go up. They're going to have to increase their costs. On average, you're going to see, and you already are experiencing, the prices of everything go up by 20%, which means real estate's going to go up by 20% which means that rents are going to go up by 20%, which means that even if you do the math, even at 10%, and this is one of the things we're going to do on this podcast for you guys, the, the one we're preparing probably for Friday, maybe Thursday, something we'll like that. We'll yeah. work, we'll negotiate on it. It's right? getting bigger as we speak. Exactly. But even if you yeah. were to compare the cost of a monthly cost, an annual cost of 
um, re essentially renting a home versus owning a home. Same priced home, four hundred twenty-five thousand. If you put ten percent down, mm -hmm. you guys can do the math. Uh, the cost of owning the home is going to actually be less than the cost of renting the home, and we're going to prove it to you on this upcoming podcast. Well, and in fact, in Premier Coaching, we have a comparison chart where you can type all of that in. It's called the uh, comparison of rent versus own, and you can modify, you can change your interest rate, you can change your rate of appreciation, and you can see, you can even uh, type in your zip code and see what it's doing, and it'll calculate. And of course, homeownership always wins. So that's something that our premier coaching clients but have. I know we're kind of, we, we have all like, over the place. Right. But it's, <laughs> I, this is because I've been dealing with this all day. Yeah. Because I've been getting calls and emails and people, you know, they're leaning into us because they want to be part of a community. That's what really our coaching organization is a community of people that are optimistic, cautiously optimistic, but they're willing to actually step forward and keep on stepping forward despite the headwinds because they know they have the skill set and they know they have the support from the community to help them go to the next level. That's what we do. Right. And you did a call like that just right mm -hmm. before, sure. for uh, what was her name? Virginia. Virginia. And I got to just say a great shout out to Virginia because you know why we remember her is because we've had calls with her about the same topic. She is a high-end Fisbo hunter oh, in Texas. Nice. And I, you know, I so appreciate that her tenacity, she was telling me about a for sale by owner that's just under 2 million that she's, he's basically a small builder. And she's been communicating with him for four months as he finishes his project. She's been great at staying in touch with him. And now is the big appointment. So we were rehearsing some of her pre-appointment scripts. And I truly believe that she's going to get it. But we also, on that call, worked on things like having some for sale by owner testimonials and things of that nature. And she's a Premier so, Coaching client. And by right. the way, guys, you can join Premier Coaching right now for free. Just text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372. And that does include a daily semi-private coaching call with one of our Harris Certified Coaches. There's so much you get the second you enroll. But the thing we want you to absolutely download and complete the first, uh, right out of the gates, first things first, is the real estate treasure map. That's your fill-in-the-blank business and life plan. And that's going to be the very thing that really will give, assuming you do it, you have to go through all, but it's not just some fill-in-the-blank, you know, goofy one-pager. This is an actual drill-down forcing you to think plan. And when you do it, on the other side of having done it, you will have a sense of relief. Because all the things, the thing that gives you stress is the are the uncertainties and the uncertainties are then compounded when you're, you know, frankly, even tuning into conversations at the local Starbucks. But you've got your plan. You're going to lean into your plan. You're going to feel comfortable and confident knowing exactly what your numbers are. So that's job one as soon as you join Premier Coaching. Text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372. Or you can just go to members.timandjulieharris.com. Um, and remember when texting message and data rates may, may apply. Point number one, is your listing poorly presented? Now, before, that might have been okay because maybe you were the only thing even available. But now, when there are other choices, you have to ask yourself, is your listing or listings for agents that have multiple listings poorly presented? Perhaps it has poor or no staging. This includes clutter, questionable smells, not being clean, and not being bright. The goal for your listing, every listing, is to show like a new construction model home. And if you've never been to those, take yourself through and then you'll know what I mean. 
Consider adding shoe covers in a basket in the foyer that says, please remove your shoes or cover them to protect the floors, which may someday be yours. That's a great first impression when you walk in. All right. So that point is pretty much self-evident, right? Yes. But especially in a market like this, and the point that Julie's making is when there's a lot more homes for the prospective buyer to choose from, or frankly, a lot more homes for the prospective buyer's agent to choose to show if they know because they showed it before, or if the pictures just look ratty in the MLS, that this one looks like a doghouse, they're going to skip it because their objective is to sell a house not sell around the problems that your listing might be presenting. Exactly. And so you're going to, in some cases, Julie and I had a plan B, which we called remove the homeowner. And there's stuff in some cases. Exactly. <laughs> so if, you know, we teach you guys how to do that, but the essence of it is, is if you walk into a house, if you list a house and the homeowner is no longer living there and it looks like it's been abandoned, you need to, and we again teach you how to do this from Premier Coaching, you need to get that house cleared out. Yep. Yeah, and you know, you're gonna need to have an auctioneer go in there, you're gonna need to maybe auction off all the personal possessions, you're gonna need to put in some extra effort to absolutely positively remove everything from that house. Or if they're willing to sell it at a discount, you can That's wholesale right. it. By the way, one of the nice things about eXp Realty, and we definitely want all of our eXp Realty agents to do this, is they've got their iBuyer program and it's called Express Offers. Which means that when you walk into a house that's like that, and you know that this house is never going to sell retail because it just needs uh, too much work. Express Offers uh, makes it so you can then take that that listing. Or by the way, you could also do this on the buyer side. It doesn't even have to be your listing. And you then submit that to Express Offers. And they'll make a full price cash offer on that property. So that's one of the advantages you guys have of being an eXp Realty agent. Yes, Julie and I are associated with eXp Realty. It's one of the best business decisions we ever made. If you're interested in joining eXp Realty, if you've not yet chosen your sponsor, please text me directly at 512-758-0206. Text me directly at 512 What is it? 512-758-0206. Sorry, I was yeah, like that, reading this point. That is my real cell phone number. Please do not call. Do text. Please do not call. Do text. I will never answer the phone, but I will always respond to text. Point number two. Point number two. And point number two has a lot of meat to it, so stay with me on this, okay? So point number two, does your listing have a non-compelling description? This includes plain vanilla words like open and airy floor plan. That doesn't mean anything. Don't make it sound like every other listing. Make the description convince me to show this property first if I'm a buyer's agent or ask my buyer's agent. I got to see this first if I'm the buyer. Now, here's the fact. The mindset of most buyers and buyer's agents has not yet shifted to the conditions of the new market. Many agents and qualified buyers still believe they'll have to compete with other contracts, pay over list price, not be able to inspect the home, waive the appraisal contingency, and pay a higher interest rate. Not so well, in why, most cases. Why is Julie mentioning that? Because if you have listings that aren't selling, you're wondering why you're not getting showings on them. It's because the buyer's agents are not knowing to show the house because they don't realize your seller will take a home sale contingency. They don't realize your seller will welcome an appraisal or welcome even an inspection. And they don't realize that the buyers don't realize that, that they're working with. It's called lack of skill. You as a listing agent are going to have to fill up, make up that gap. And essentially that's the essence of this okay, series. So that's the super secret strategy here with this point number two. Write in your MLS descriptions because the buyer's agents and that'll make it online for buyer searches. Julie, I'm going to edit that. Okay. In this market, I would, and Julie's going to say in the agent to agent comments. No, I said in the MLS descriptions okay, and, and the agent. agent. Okay, there you go. So write it in the MLS description so the buyers can actually read that you're willing to take home sale contingencies, that you're willing to pay buy down points, 
that you're willing to take an appraisal, that you're willing to have adjust, you know inspections. flexible closing inspections. Write it so the consumer sees it. Exactly. Don't expect the agent to even know how to open up the second page of comments. That's my point. Yes, it's a kind of an agent workaround. We're covering our bases on both sides because if you put when you put it in the MLS actual description instead of something like open and airy, right? You're going to say seller may consider home sale contingencies, home closing contingency. Um, will allow inspections, all of that stuff. You're front running that information to the actual buyer's eyes so that they do want to go see that showing. All you want to do is have offers to deal with. We're going to get to this point tomorrow, but really the other things that will really make your listings compelling is when you write there in the comments that are going to be showing up on Realtor.com, Zillow, and everywhere else, mm -hmm. that your seller is willing to help the buyer buy down their rate and essentially get a lower mortgage rate. That's huge. You're going to have to make your listings more competitive, and then all of a sudden your stuff's going to start selling less than 30 days. Now, I know some of you don't know what the hell we're talking about. I That's get it. Next week's podcast series is all about mortgage different things. Well, even beyond the mortgage stuff, yeah. right? Some of these guys have never negotiated an inspection before. I know. Some of these guys have never know they don't know what to do when the appraisal there's an appraisal gap. They're just expecting the buyer to make up the difference. Mm -hmm. Guys, this is a new market. When there's a, an appraisal gap, the buyer's not going to have to make up the difference. The seller's going to have to adjust their price. These are the types of things we teach you yep. in Premier Coaching. But do you see how having this information gives you what in essence is an unfair advantage in the marketplace? It makes you more competitive. It means somebody's going to show your listing instead of not show it, and hopefully they'll also write the offer. So point number three. This could be possible. The pictures are not exciting or worse. They're off-putting. You know, there's a whole dedicated website to that. Terrible MLS pictures. Okay, this includes tiny iPhone pictures. You've all seen them. Pictures with kids sleeping in their beds. Kitchen pictures with dirty dishes. Bathroom pictures with the toilet lids up. The agent's reflection taking the picture in the bathroom with the toilet lid up. Or any number of unprofessional pictures. The issue is, this issue is easy to fix. Either hire a professional photographer or take a photographer for the class yourself there are tons of easy and free photo tutorials on YouTube. Okay, I want to go back to your previous point about writing descriptions. Yes. You guys should all be using Grammarly. Julie and I use it as well. Yep. Grammarly not only helps you with your grammar, but also helps you with phrasing as soon as it learns how you're writing and then can sometimes write, frankly, better than a lot of you will. Same with Julie and I. Mm -hmm. And that will help you with your descriptions as well. But the other thing that's nice is there are so many different places online where you can grab great phrasing. And what Julie and I did, and we coach all of our agents to do it in Premier Coaching, is just start flipping, saving the descriptions that you found online. Just save, put a folder of them on your uh, mm -hmm. desktop of your computer. And then when you're trying to, you know, you're trying to be creative, writing a description of some beautiful house, you could just kind of, you know, tie together all these descriptors oh, yeah. that you found online. Lots of ways to well, the, So Grammarly also will help you all with that. Now, Jill, here's the thing about pictures. Uh, in this economy, guys, I know some of you thinking you have to hire a professional this and a professional that, and the professional this and that will definitely do a better job than an amateur, no doubt. But in a marketplace like this, again, where everyone has to be considerate and conscientious of their cash flow, we strongly encourage you to listen to what Julie just said. She did this. Yeah. Take a uh, iPhone, like the new iPhones, guys, even the previous, the 13s. They are phenomenal. They take unbelievably a beautiful picture. I phone photography school. It's on Facebook. It's cheap. And I, I found a lot of great tricks to that. I make fun, you know, before iPhones got better, all those tiny little stupid iPhone pictures because you couldn't modify them, you couldn't expand them, you couldn't brighten them up. So make sure you have modern equipment, but you can take lots of online photography stuff for free. Well, so the other thing that we, if you got somebody that is, and you're going to get one out of 10 sellers that's going to be super particular about their pictures. You know, it's going to be overwhelming. So ask them for their pictures. Use their pictures. Use, exactly. If they've got pictures that they love, 
take them, take their damn pictures. They can't and use criticize them. anymore. Exactly. <laughs> if if they have pictures yeah. of how beautiful it is and how your picture didn't quite get the perfect, you know, long range view from the deck, well, I guarantee you they've got a million different pictures. Have them send you one. Oh, it's so beautiful here at Christmas. You should see what it looks like during the holiday or when the spring flowers are coming up. They got pictures. Ask for them. Use them. They'll be thrilled with you. Hundred percent. Okay. Point number four. And this one is fairly easy to use, but uh, to fix, but you've got to have the conversation. And that is, does your listing have too many showing restrictions? If you can only show it on a Friday afternoon, if the baby isn't sleeping and it's sunny outside, you're not going to get that many showings. And if I'm a relocating executive this afternoon and I got three time to see three houses, make a decision, I'm not going to see yours because I don't want to not be able to see it. If you can't show it, you can't sell it. So fix the showing restriction problem. Sometimes that's something as easy as like, Maybe your lockbox is jammed and you haven't known it for weeks. And why aren't you getting any showings? You've got to be more proactive than in the previous market. Okay, point number five is our final point for today. Does your, <clears throat> excuse me, does your listing actually have poor curb appeal? 50% of the buying decision is made from the street. Does your listing look like a house that somebody would be proud to come home to? Or does it look abandoned? Do, do some simple things to improve the curb appeal, like we used to call this cutinizing it. A wreath on the door, a nice front doormat, plants on the porch, landscaping, weed removal, undead the grass, ungreen the pool, etc. Depends on your market, right? If you're in Palm Desert, rake the sand lawn, right? <laughs> but if you're, you know, make sure that it's something that you would be proud of. Put your buyer hat on. Would you love to come home after work and relax, or do you want to run away from it because it looks like zombie apocalypse? This is where condo owners have any advantage, right? Definitely. <laughs> you don't have to worry about all Definitely. that. Yeah. Well, I mean, but so as far as the curb appeal goes to, that is, well, there's all been tons of studies that have been done on this that people make, uh, what, 50% of their buying decision even before they walk in the front door of the house. Yep. And people will sometimes emotionally commit to the house even before they walk in. So they must, they love it from the outside, love the neighborhood, walk in, the house looks like something out of a horror movie. That's and they'll, the next point, actually. <laughs> and they'll still buy it. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, and then they'll still buy it. I mean, and that's just, again, it all co comes back to, as Julie said, cutinizing the listing. And there's just simple things you can do, flowers and Mostly you want to make it look like there's, you know, the house is loved and hasn't ever not been loved. That's, it's yeah. the emotion things. People will always buy based on how it makes them feel. And I don't care how analytical or spreadsheet oriented a person is. They're not going to want to even propose doing a spreadsheet on the viability of that house is something to live in, right? Unless they have an emotional attachment to it. That's very they, true. They're just not willing to allow their emotions to, you know, run the ship. They have to be ruling with their analytical minds. But at the end of the day, there's, you know, everyone buys everything emotionally. There's nothing that's not sold emotionally. So just keep that in mind too. Um, and again, there's all these little things you can be doing to make the house more appealing. And this is all part of uh, Premier Coaching. But Julia, as you're going through these points, mm -hmm. um, we do have a guide that we give to that's included in Premier Coaching mm -hmm. that they're supposed to customize and then give to their, yep. their sellers. It's called the Proven Home Selling System, and it has a whole bunch of staging stuff in the back of it. That's my point. It even and has something like how to get ready for a showing in a jiffy, right? So, so some showings get denied. That's like making showings too difficult. That was one of our points. And that's because the seller just cut it home from work and they can't imagine putting their house together, doing the dishes, making the beds, blah, blah, blah. So it's sort of like the hack to that so that you can say to your seller, I want you to okay 95% of your showings. Unless something radical is going on, you need to say okay to all of your showings. And here's how you do it. 
you put this in the laundry, you do that in the dishes, you you know scrape off the counters, and you're done. It's more than that, though, right? It's a series of checklists. It's all the things they should be doing That's in preparation the for form, moving. Yeah. Right. So this is a guide. It's a bunch of I forget how many pages, like 50 pages. And after the seller commits to you and signs the listing contract, you give them this guide. And what that does is it also translates what feedback means. It translates with yep. you know no showings in the first two weeks. This is what it means. It's all this sort of information they normally. It's basically like your personal FAQ. That's really what it is. So if you can imagine you're thinking about, you know, joining Premier Coaching, you're going to go to our FAQ on our website, you're going to read some of the points, you're going to feel happy with the results, and then you're going to join. Well, in real estate agent world, that's what we're, that's what we created for you that you guys get as part of a, being part of Premier Coaching. And then what we want you to do is put your name, your logo on it, and all the rest. Maybe you've got some content you want to add, and then that's what you give to the seller. And that's their guide to working with you. That's their instruction manual. So when you take the listing, you say, before you have any questions, here's where you go first. And by the way, this is what you should be doing now. Then you have to give the seller things to do while the house is listed. That's the other thing that the guy does. <laughs> Which you guys haven't had to do for, I don't know, a decade or so. Right, that's what made me laugh. So you're going to be giving the seller exactly what they should be doing week by week by week by week by week. And it's already in the guide. And it, again, it's designed to keep them out of your hair, frankly. Yep. It's designed to keep them doing something. Have you checked on the insurance on the perspective mover you're going to be using? You know, have you uh, compared three different moving quotes? Do you know, you, what do you know about your title insurance? Have you asked the title agent that I gave you about their discount for that? <laughs> exactly. You know, and these are all conversations you guys have never even heard of in your lives, some of you. It's busy work to keep the seller from thinking about, uh, like, you know, what you. you haven't done for them lately or hopefully what you have done for them lately. But you, you know, many of you are already getting these calls. I call them the what have you done for me lately call. And the unskilled reaction to that is to just blast at the seller for a price reduction. And probably you do need a price adjustment, but you're not going to get one if you haven't given and given and given and showed the, that seller that you're doing the things that it takes to sell a home. That way, when you do ask, you're probably going to get a better adjustment. So you told me something this morning that I found incredibly motivating. Um, 10% of all homes that sold, what you were not remembering the time frame, it may be in the last quarter, mm -hmm. were for sale by owners originally. Yes, 13% if you're rural or semi-rural. And that's a huge percent. Usually it runs about 3 or 4%. So we, Julie and I are going to do some more homework on that. But let's just assume that was more than a million homes that sold in last quarter that were originally for sale by owner. But here's the thing. I don't think, and again, we have to research this. I wonder how many of those FISBOs were actually expired that ended up trying to sell it themselves. I bet you more than, I bet I, you I know least, it's true because I hear it from our coaching clients. 20, 30% at least. Absolutely. Right. So the, if you're in a marketplace right now and you're thinking, Tim, Julie, my listings sell themselves. This is, what are you talking about? My da, 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 da. And again, get these messages. Here's what I want you to do. Go to your MLS, look to see how many expires there have been in the last, you know, don't, um, don't make it too small of a world, first of all. Search everywhere in your entire MLS. Everywhere. Do not just put in your little geographic area, your community, or your particular price ranges, your particular neighborhood. Search your entire MLS and search for the last six months. Um, it's and then, huge. And then compare, like, see how many that is a month, and then just look in the last 90 days, mm -hmm. and you will see virtually all the expires have happened in the last 90 days. And that's going to be the trend from here on forward. Now, why are so many listings expiring? It's because they're being, Frank, first of all, 
Honestly, they're being listed by sellers who have unrealistic expectations, and they're being listed by realtors that don't have the skill set to help reset that seller's expectation with the idea that we're going to have to go through a different process in getting the home sold. Many sellers, virtually every seller you're going to be dealing with, has been spoiled by the seller's market as much as all of you have, so they themselves are going to be, need to be educated on what it's going to take to be successful in this market. You have to do that. Well, can- and a lot of that changed, right? So maybe uh, four months ago when you took the listing, the expectation hadn't shifted quite so much as what it is now. But if you are not in front of that, you're, it's going to expire on you. You're going to get fired. They may, you know what they say when they go for sale by owner and they expired. Well, I didn't know what else to do. Nobody talked to me. Right. Or, and why are they, of course, why did they, um, you know, why did the listing expire? And nine times out of 10, when you call these sellers, they're going to know it's price, condition, or location for sure. But they're, but they're not going to say that. They're going to say the previous listing agent didn't do any work. Yeah, one one I heard from a coaching client last week, she said that the expired turned FISBO, now turned her listing, said, well, I knew that, you know, I kept on having, I kept hearing, because, you know, sellers record stuff now. I kept hearing they didn't like my dark woodwork. And I rehabbed everything else in the house, but we never really got around to that dark woodwork. But I didn't really know what to do about that. Nobody ever talked to me about that. So should we come down in price? Should Should we fix that? We didn't know what to do. So they threw a FISBO sign in the yard. Yeah, exactly. By the way, dark woodwork. The best thing to do with that is if it's a real problem, if you've heard it, you know, 30, 40% of the time mm-hmm. and this market, if people don't, most buyers, by the way, are not going to want to do any work at all to a property. Not it, when they have choices. With, exactly. With the exception of maybe first time buyers, they'll be willing to do a little sweat equity. Nobody else will. Um, is to paint it. That's the, that's the remedy for the you know yes. the problem. But research how to paint it right so you don't make a worse problem. Yeah, this is not a Home Depot job with you and the seller. Okay, this is something you're gonna. <laughs> no. have. But there are companies there. You know, companies that go out and spray cabinets yeah, and refinish kitchens and just call them out and have them do the work. Again, this is all the stuff we teach you in Premier Coaching. I want you to visualize yourself right now. As soon as you're done listening to this podcast, you join Premier Coaching. You know what to do. You know how to do it. It won't happen like that. You know, obviously you're gonna have to learn. But still, at the end of the day, you know how com- you're comfortable and confident knowing that you can succeed in this market. Think about your mindset. Think about your how you see life. Think about how you communicate with people. Do you see how everything changes? If you want to really have a powerful mindset, improve your skill set and then have the willingness to apply it. And again, during this transitionary time, there's going to be more opportunities for agents with skills to help more people and make more money than there ever has been, certainly in the last 15 years. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but it's true. And what side of the business should all of you be focused on right now, primarily the listing side? And if we haven't convinced you of that yet, keep listening to the podcast, become a premier coaching client, and we will. And on the other side of having a lot of listings, you'll soon discover that you actually have a business you can be proud of. It's not predicated on buying leads. You're not going to have to basically pay a bunch of you know referral fees. You're going to be able to consistently, every single day, set a pre-qualified listing appointment, take a listing appointment. Maybe you don't want that many listings. Maybe you just want to take one or two a week. The market is available for you. You just have to be willing to go out there and seize it. Guys, it's actually it? more predictable and duplicatable Completely. than a hot seller's market. Hot seller's market, you know, most of you guys were working with buyers, and how predictable was that? Sometimes they'll win. Most of the time you get outbid. Then you have to go find it, lather, rinse, repeat. Meanwhile, you're basically working for free, blowing all this money on your gas, praying to the real estate gods that your buyer's even qualified, and then the interest rate goes up. Well, there's agents out there that are thinking, Tim and Julie, I'm not just, I'm not, you know, debating that these are skills I need to have, but I think the market's going to return to normal, and I won't have to, and everything's going to go back to the way it was last year, and I won't ever have to learn these skills. Well, how long are you going to wait? And what's the downside of you learning these things? Let's say you're right. 
Let's say you are the best prognosticator economist ever in the history of forever, and they're going to be writing about you, and, and you're going to be, you know, the, the subject of, uh, you know, what was, what was that great guy that back in the 1800s, 1700s, who was, you remember that? I don't remember. <laughs> who supposedly wrote name. down all these scrolls. Oh, was no, Nostradamus? Nostradamus, right. Than that, you yeah. are a modern-day Nostradamus, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say you to you. You know what's coming. Exactly. All right. And you know, uh, and let's say all this, and you know that the market's going to be incredible next year. What's the downside of you having these skills now? What's the upside of you having these skills now? You guys get it? What you're doing is you're hedging your risk, even if you don't believe this market's going to last. I don't personally see any reason to believe that we're not going to be in a two to three year cycle that's similar to what we're experiencing now. Mm -hmm. I do know, and I think everyone will agree, the psychology of going through this uh, cycle for many humans out there, for the first time in their adult lives, sellers and agents, the industry, many, I mean, everyone you know, that is going to be what causes the greatest amount of psychological pain, not the skills necessary to survive and thrive in this market. In, this, in the scope of things, what we're asking you to do as far as premier coaching goes is easy. I Guys, listen, learning how to actually take a listing from a for sale by owner is easier than making it so that you can get a YouTube video seen. <laughs> it's true. By 5 billion percent. <laughs> it's true. Totally true. <laughs> That's a funny comparison. I mean, getting a FISBO, well, how many agents are out there thinking they can just social media themselves to success, uh -huh. right? Good luck but, with that. But honestly, going and getting a FISBO listing is easier than uh, all this. It's faster. You could do it this afternoon. But getting like 10 views on a YouTube video that you spent 14 years trying to make. That weren't even necessarily going to give you anything, even if you did get those views. <laughs> exactly. So guys, listen, thank you for continuing to make this the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States states we would love it if you would consider us as your coaches especially during this really transitory time in our economy and in housing we are here for you we've made it very easy for you to say yes just simply go to uh, text the word premier to 47372 text the word premier to 47372 or just go to members.timandjulieharris.com have a fantastic day we'll talk to you on the show tomorrow this podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.